was in high school, I was voted to be in a pageant. <laughs> yes, get your laughs out. I know this is not something I was seeking. This is not something I was like signing up to do. It was for school. I don't really know how it happened. Um, cool, awesome, right? No, it was horrifying, okay? Like, you would say, oh, that's an honor. No, it was mortifying for me um, to be voted in to do this pageant, okay? And when I heard, I was a little bit um, hyperventilating. Um, so, literally, this is like my worst nightmare. At, at the time, um, I didn't love being in front of people for any reason, um, especially if, to walk around in like dresses and have people judge me, like literally my nightmare, okay? So there's this popular girl in school, her name is Tara Perry, and, um, she is what we would call a triple threat, okay? This girl was like in the choir and like the drama acting thing. She was a cheerleader, okay? Like the girl could literally do everything. And so um, she was actually famous, famous to some, specifically my girls. Do I need this? Is this what's happening? <laughs> Thank you. Um, so my girls absolutely love Tara Perry. She's um, famous again to some. She was in this little thing called um, the Fresh Beat Band. Okay, so like she could, you know, she's a little bit famous to some. Like I said, Nick Jr. is kind of a big deal to some people, okay? And so um, she was actually kind of nice. She, of course, had been in like a million pageants in her life. So she was nice enough to come over and like help me like learn how to walk. I, apparently in pageants, you should like walk a certain way. Y'all, I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, so she's like, you know, sweet and trying to help me. Um, so there's, there's three categories, okay? Um, first one is formal wear. Y'all, I really love you that I am sharing this story with you, okay? I think we have a picture of, of formal wear. Um, okay, I'm in the pink one. Maybe go to the... Yeah, okay, there's the formal wear. Y'all, this is a true story, and I'm mortified, but I'm sharing with you because I love you. Um, then there's the casual wear, um, which is this one. Okay, and then there's the worst part. The, the worst part of the whole thing is there's a talent part. Okay, listen to my words. I'm not being humble when I say this. I literally have no talents, okay? Like, I, I'm not like, like, oh, sure, like, I can't do it. But, like, I seriously, like, I can't sing. I can't act. I can't dance. Like, I, I'm... I just have no talents and I'm okay with that. Like I'm secure in who God has made me to be. I just have zero talents. And so you have to be a, have some talent. So the sweet girl was like, here, just memorize this monologue. So I um, did a monologue. <laughs> Y'all, I don't even know what I said. All I remember, honest, this is, I'm being so honest with you guys. Where all I remember is at one point I had to do this. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Like in the middle of, I don't, it's just like so embarrassing. I don't even know. Um, and just to clarify, in case any of you were really wondering or like lingering on this hope, um, I didn't win. Um, I didn't get second or third. I didn't place at all in this pageant with, with people from my high school, okay? Um, so it, you know, I didn't want you guys to like put me on a pedestal thinking I was like a pageant winner. I was not, okay? Um, but tonight we actually want to talk about this idea of a triple threat and what that looks like in our Christian walk as a Christ follower. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4.12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. 
Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Okay, so this verse specifically is talking about friends. It's talking about the people you're surrounding yourself with and how that's so important that the more people you have holding you up and giving you strength and encouraging you and strengthening you, the better you're gonna be, okay? But we're gonna talk about this triple braided cord because this concept is so true in so many areas of our life. Like three Chick-fil-A nuggets is better than one, right? But like three more often is better than one. And so the first chord that we want to talk about in this triple braided chord that is like key, it's foundational, it's like the main chord that we have to have to be strong in our faith as a Christ follower is the Bible, right? This is our foundation. This is literally everything to those of us who follow Christ. It talks about in Ephesians how um, God has given us spiritual armor that we can clothe ourselves with to fight against the enemy. And so it talks about we have a helmet of salvation. We have a breastplate of righteousness. We have a belt of truth. We have shoes of peace. We have a sword of the spirit and we have a shield of faith. Okay, this is how I do it every morning when I put it on. Um, and so the belt of truth is the living, working, powerful, active word of God. And this is what holds everything together. That's what's so amazing about the armor. God's given us these things, but the, the main thing that we have to have to hold all of this together is that belt of truth. It is the word of God. It holds everything together in our life. And the word of God speaks for itself. It says that it's our instruction book. Whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us how to live. The scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. Romans 15, 4, okay? This is giving, it's like our, this is our manual. This is like our answer to everything. It encourages us. It inspires us. It gives us hope to endure all the things that we have to go through. It's amazing. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. This word is eternal, I love the verse um, in Psalm 119 says, your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the, in the heavens. I love it again in Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never disappear. These words are forever. This is our truth. This is what we base everything on. John 17, 17 says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. His word is where we put our hope the Bible says in Psalm 135, I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. It's where we find our promises. Like this is, this is where we, when we're having a hard time, this is the things that we stand on. So Abraham's one of my favorite characters in the Bible and, and God made some promises, some really crazy big promises to Abraham. If you don't know a story, it's found in the first book of the Bible, go read it, it's amazing. But it says in Romans 4, 20 through 21, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And so when I see that God's promises to Abraham came true for Abraham, I can have confidence that God's promises are true for me too. And he's going to come through on those promises for me too. Hebrews 4:12 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. 
It's active. So when we open this book, when we open these pages, God will literally speak to us through these words. Like they are for us. They are giving us life. They're giving us everything that we need. It's, it's, it works. It's not just like for people way back in the olden days. The, this, these words are for us for today to help us get through life. So I was thinking kind of about like, the many, many ways the Word of God has been like so key and so foundational for me. When I was going through my parents' divorce, I like just slept with my Bible. Like it was just like, this is my pillow. Like this is where my face has to be all of the time because I'm so broken, I'm so shattered. There was another time I remember specifically in college where um, I had this on again, off again boyfriend. I roll, I roll, I roll. Okay, it was really horrible. Um, anyways, and so it was when we were on, we were together. And um, so I remember I was studying with a friend, kind of an acquaintance, and I remember she um, told me that like a year before when we were on a break, um, that he had messed around with one of my very best friends. And um, this was like heart shattering for me because not only did they like kind of go behind my back, but also like it had happened a year ago and they'd kept it from me for a really long time. And I'm talking like this girl was one of literally my very best friends. And I felt so betrayed. I felt so rejected. I felt so just like, man, I felt like everyone was a liar. Like it just completely wrecked me. I was a puddle. And so I'm not really sure why I was in the library. I was in the library at school. I'm sure I was studying or something. Um, but I had, I had the word of God with me. And I was like, Jesus, I, I need you to speak to me. I need you to come through for me. I am a mess. I can't see up from down or inside from out. I, I am so broken and shattered. And I remember I was reading in 1 Peter and I came across verse four, or chapter four, verse eight. And he says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And, and I remember reading this and I remember just weeping. I remember just being like, man, Jesus loves covers a multitude of my sin and I need to choose to forgive and, and let that love cover a multitude of their sin as well. I obviously broke up with a boy, but, but I was able to mend a lot of that broken relationship with my friend. And, and I just remember like the way that that word just stuck through me. And I still, like this verse still rings so true in my life. Like when, when those things happen because I've been rejected again, I've been betrayed again in my life. But I always come back to this verse, recognizing that love covers a multitude of sin. Another verse that I super clung to in this time was also in 1 Peter chapter 1, 6, and 7. It says, so be truly glad, which is really hard when you're in the middle of a trial, something really hard. But it says, there is wonderful joy ahead. Yes, I would like that, please. I want wonderful joy ahead. That even though you must endure trials for a little while. Okay, so these trials, these things I'm going through, they're, they're just a little while. It's just temporary. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. I wanna have genuine faith. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise, glory, and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. That's something that's so important to me. I want in the end day when, when Jesus looks at me, I wanna say that like I went through those trials and they were hard, but like I, I was able to show that 
that God is worthy of our honor and he's worthy of our praise. Like I, I want my faith to be tested. I want it to be genuine. And so this like gave me hope that like, yes, I'm gonna go through trials, but in the end, I'm gonna come out stronger because of it. So when we're weak, when we're afraid, when, when we can't see upside from down, when we're sad, when we're overwhelmed, when we feel broken, when we don't even have words to express how we're feeling, it's our strength. This is our place of safety. It is our words. When we don't have words, it's the word for us. It's our weapon. It's a tangible, this is a tangible gift from God. This is what he left for us so that we could know him, so that we could know his character, so that we could know who we are at the same time. This is everything to us. The word of God is our answer. It's our answer about um, our parents' divorce and what that looks like for us. It's our answer about financial things. It's our answer about relationships and how do we live in peace with one another. It's our answer about marriage. Like it has all of the answers that we need that we're looking for. It's our wisdom. And God's word teaches us how to hear the voice of God, how to know the voice of God, how to, how to speak. God's word teaches us how to pray. Okay, so before I continue, I, I just need you guys to know that you can trust me. So I have a question I need to ask. Is there anybody in this room that is planning on seeing Avengers that hasn't seen it? Okay. Okay. Okay, so there's a few. Okay, I don't want to spoil anything about Avengers in the next part because I don't want to betray your trust, okay? I don't plan on saying anything about Avengers, but it just kind of keeps popping up in conversations because I just think about the movie a lot. <laughs> it's super cool. But so, so we have the Bible, and it's our first chord, a uh, strand of our chord that we're talking about. And then the next one that, of this triple braided chord is going to be prayer, the second one is, of our courts is prayer. And, and, and prayer is just this. It's talking to God. It's having a conversation with God. There's this verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It says this, never stop praying. I think some of you are like, never stop. Never started. What am I? <laughs> Can't stop if I don't start, right? I, I if you're being honest, I'm sure that's some of you guys in this room. And she's just like, okay, never stop. That, that means I'm going to, I can't, I'm never going to stop if it says to never stop. So that's a lot. But, but, but so the prayer, and this, this verse is saying prayer is important. We should be doing this apparently of a lot. And so prayer is this communication with God. We have his word that speaks into our lives. But now we're talking about prayer, which is, begins to be this communication. It's a conversation where you talk to God and God, he can and will speak back to you if you give him a chance, if you tune your ear and, and listen to him. Obviously, you all have that friend probably or know that person who when you have a conversation, it's just them talking. And you're just like, what? Hit, huh, yeah. right? And they're just going to keep talking. They're just like, I was just going to, I was just here. And they, and they went to the mall and then there was this place. And did you know this place closed? And what do you think about that? I don't really care. And so and they keep talking, right? We all know that kind of a person. Don't be that person when it comes to prayer and communicating with God. And so prayer builds so well off of getting into the word, building off of reading the Bible. And so we can and should read the Bible and read it as, as like a, we can read it like a novel, right? Where we're just reading stories. And it's good because some of those stories, like she said, the story of Abraham, we can reflect off of that story, 
and we can glean from it, right? Or we can read, we can read it as just sort of like acquiring information into our heads. Where was Jesus? What did Jesus do? We can do that. But where the Bible can come alive, like we said in that scripture earlier, is when we bring our prayers into our reading. See, when we read the Bible looking for things to pray, it changes the whole experience. Praying what we're reading makes Bible reading a conversation instead of homework. See, in 1 John 4.19, it says, but if we, so, so how does this work? It says in 1 John 4.19, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Okay, so we, we are reading our Bibles and maybe you're on your Bible phone, like the U version and you've got a Bible plan and that verse comes up and you know that if you just hit the little arrow on the circle, you can just be done and you can just complete your task for the day. And you can say, I read my little devotional, I read the three verses and now I'm done. Check mark, double A, gold star, right? You can do all of that. Or you can read this verse and we can say, okay, what is God trying to say? If prayer, if the word is, is him, what is he trying to say? And what can I say back? How can I respond to this? And so we read it, but if we confess our sins, okay? So we take the word, the Bible, and we begin to weave it together with prayer. So now rather than just reading this, we go, okay, so if we confess our sins, make it your own. Say, God, I confess my sins. Maybe then you spend a little bit of time thinking through the last day or the last week of mistakes. Did you, did you speak crudely at school? Did you dishonor or disobey your parents? What, what went on? You can maybe go, okay, God, I'm really sorry. I confess that I did this and, and I, I realized that it's wrong. And then we can say something, God, I know you're faithful and just to forgive me. Thank you that you can forgive me. There are so many people who go through life where they know they've done wrong and they have no answer for that. But you can be thankful that God has an answer, that Jesus on the cross was the answer for those things that you've done wrong. And so we can say, God, thank you for being faithful and just. Please forgive me for my sins and cleanse me of all the wickedness in me. God, I, I, there's, I'm dealing with anger. I feel like I'm having a short temper and I just feel that. I'm, I'm really having a lot of lustful thoughts. God, cleanse that wickedness from me. You see, we read that scripture, we can just read it or we can pray it. So how do, what else can we do? So Jeremiah 29, 11, it's a really famous verse. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they're plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. We can just read that and maybe, yes, we can go, oh, that's a great promise. I'm gonna put it in my pocket. Or maybe we can pray this verse. Maybe we can say, for I know the plans I have for you. God, I hope you have plans for me because I have zero plans for me right now. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what, where to go to work. I don't know what I'm gonna do with my career. I don't know where I'm gonna go to college. I don't know what classes I'm gonna take next week. I don't even know what I'm gonna eat for dinner. I don't know, God, I have no plans. I'm glad you have some, right? Or we can go, God, I'm sure you have plans for good and not disaster, but my whole life is a disaster right now. I don't know, like, it doesn't look like my present is a disaster and my future is not looking any better. So we can say, God, I'm, I understand that you're saying that you have plans for me for good and not disaster, but it doesn't feel that way right now. We, our prayers can be honest. They don't have to be these proper things. They can, they can be a conversation where we're saying, God, I'm under, I see what I'm, you're saying in this verse, but I'm also seeing the reality of my situations. I'm seeing the reality of school. I'm seeing the reality of my, my stuff at home and it's not lining up. And so wh what are you trying to say? 
let this be that opening to have a conversation with him. You can be gut honest. You can, you can be honest. You can be mad. You can be questioning. You do not have to come to God with all your answers and you can come to him lacking faith. You can come to him lacking hope. You can come to him lacking assuredness in these things. But the key to it all is having that conversation with him. It's going to him with that. So we go there, God, I trust. Might not feel like it right now, but I understand that you have plans for me and that they're good. Thanks for making plans for me. I trust you. A verse that I pray for myself, I pray for my family and my kids all the time is Exodus 33, 13. It says, if it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. So I stop right there on this verse. And and I pray that about myself all the time. I say, God, if it's true that you look favorably on me, and then I just kind of look at my life. Man, God, you do look favorably on me. I've got, a, I've got an amazing family. I've got an amazing job. I live here. I, I feel, I can see your favor on my life. But I always pray this. Like I said, I pray over this for Wallace and Molly all the time. God, let us know your ways. Because I really like having your favor on my life. And so I want to continue to enjoy your favor. So let me know your ways, so I can understand you more fully. So all of a sudden I can read it and I can just go, oh, that's nice that God looks favorably on me. Or I can pray it. God, show me. Let me know your ways. I want to know because I want to continue to enjoy your favor. When we don't know what to pray, pray the Bible. Weave the two into that cord. Open Psalms. Go to Psalms, and it's like the middle of the Bible. If you have your Bible, open it up to the middle, or, you know, look up Psalms and you version, P-S-A-L-M-S, right? And so look, that, look it up. Open it and start reading it. Psalms, most of them are literally prayers to God. You could, you could just find one, almost do the whole, open your Bible to the middle, close your eyes, and point, and you could probably find something that you could pray. So, Psalms 5.3 is one. It says, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. So this is somebody praying to God. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. This is a prayer about praying in the book of Psalms. So you, can, you could literally read this like you wrote it. God's not going to accuse you of plagiarism. He's not going to be like, that's somewhere in Psalms what you just said, isn't it? He knows exactly where it is, but he, he's not going to accuse you. He wrote it, basically, you know, somebody else wrote it, but, you know, penned it, but he wrote all of, all of scripture was inspired by God. And so he's just, say it, say it like you wrote it. So God's not going to, God's not going to question that. If you're not sure what to pray, open your Bible and find it. So braiding the cord of reading the Bible and, and praying makes both of those stronger. So what's our third one? We're talking about the, a, a a triple braided cord. And that third one is going to be worship. Worship is the third cord where that scripture talks about a three-stranded cord is not quickly or easily broken. It can make it stronger. Worship is our way of entering into the presence of God. I want you to picture it like this. Okay, so we have the cord illustration. I think some of this illustration might resonate with you more. Um, I'm a big fan of PBJs. I really like peanut butter and jellies. I don't know why, but it's just a, it's just a fantastic combination, okay? And I just, I, I'll just like make one as a little snack, a little post meal extra, I don't know, an extra meal. I love them. I love them. I'll eat them all the time. When I was you know, younger and had a metabolism, I would like stack, I would do like a quadruple level, like 
and just, okay, so good. Now, picture with me, you have a hankering for a PBJ or a yearning, longing, desire for a PBJ. You go and get the pieces of bread. I prefer like an oat grain from Oro Wheat or a white from Great Value. Either one is fine. Um, I'm not picky. So I'm gonna go get the bread, okay? And then I'm gonna go find the jelly. And it's like grape or, jelly, grape or strawberry. I'm good with either one, They're both my favorite. If there's no strawberry, I'm like, it's okay, because grape's my favorite, okay? So I'm gonna just, I'm gonna slather on the grape jelly. Now, imagine if I got that to that point, I put the pieces of bread together and I just took a bite. I know what you're thinking. Only a serial killer would eat that, okay? That is basically just undercooked toast with jam on it. I get it, right? So we, we forgot something. We forgot something important, okay? So picture, I'm not a serial killer, so I'm not gonna make it like that. So I'm going to go and get the peanut butter and it's gonna be creamy, all right? It's not gonna be crunchy. Crunchy is just lazy peanut butter, okay? It's gonna be creamy. And so I've got my bread, I've got my jelly. The knife has jelly on it. I'm gonna put it still in the peanut butter, okay? I'm not gonna wipe off the knife because at the end, I want peanut butter and jelly on the knife so that I can lick the knife. It's not a great idea licking the knife, but it's a butter knife, it's fine, okay? But I'm going to get some peanut butter and I'm gonna put it on the other piece of bread and then I'm gonna put it together, all right? And then I'm gonna, that is how that sandwich should be done. Peanut butter, jelly, between two pieces of bread. Now, this is what I need you to hear. Worship is the peanut butter of our Jesus sandwich. Worship is the peanut butter of our Jesus sandwich. All right, just let that sink in for a moment, all right? Picture the bread with jelly. Now picture the peanut butter and jelly. Yes, right? There's more to it. So we read the Bible and we pray and we worship. We do all of these things. And when we worship, we get to experience God. In Psalms 34, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. All the joys of those who take refuge in him. We get to taste and see that God is good. Worship is where we see that, where we see God's goodness. It's where we get to taste the peanut butter, the jelly, and the bread all together. A PBJ is not a PBJ without peanut butter. And our lives will not be satisfied. Our lives will not be content. Our lives will not be joy-filled unless we bring in worship into our lives. Psalm 89, 15 says, happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Happy who are those who hear the joyful call. I think there's a lot of times in our lives where we go, I'm not very happy. And, and this Bible verse right here is saying, happy are those who hear that call and obviously they need to respond to that call. So worship, how does it, how does it kind of intertwine with this braid is we sing prayers. We sing the Bible. We sing straight, like words that are straight out of the Bible. I've written a few songs and majority of the songs that I've written are literally scriptures just sort of like poetically stretched out into a song and rhyme. There's the, that's all those things are. And most of worship songs are those. And so when we sing, it's similar to prayer as though it's still communicating to God, right? But it's different. If I was to just talk to some, like, okay, my wife. If I just talk to my wife, I'm communicating with her, right? 
But if I'm singing to my wife, all right, when, when me and Julie were, were dating, I decided that I was going to propose to her, okay? And it was Christmas Eve, 2009, and uh, we were in what was called Vertigo back then, and so I had this, like, candlelit path up to the front. And so when she walked around the corner, there was the candles, and I was sitting there at the very front with a guitar and a microphone. Now, I could have said something. I could have said, Julie, I love you, and all these things. But you know what I did? I sang her a song. I sang her Green Eyes by Coldplay. And I said, it, it goes, honey, you are the rock upon which I stand. And I came here to talk. And goes, honey, you should know that I could never go on without you. And I sang my heart out to her in that moment. And no talking could have said the same thing in that moment. And guys, worship can do that for us with God. Yeah, we can pray. We can talk to him. We can, we can say things to him. But when we sing to God, we're declaring so much more. It means so much more. It carries so much more. When we worship God, it's not always about us. It's Obviously, we read the Bible because we're trying to get information. We want to know his promises. We're praying to him often because we need answers. But worship can sometimes be this selfless act where we go, it's all about you. It's all about you, God. I worship you. I, I live for you. This life with Jesus, it, is, it isn't meant to be this one-way street where all we do is take, 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 take. It's meant to be a back-and-forth relationship. And worship is one of those moments where we can give back to God. And it's where our scriptures and, and, and the prayers and all those things, they can come alive. They're, they're not just prayers anymore. It's not just scripture. It's a declaration over our lives. When we sing the song Mighty, and we sing our God is mighty, we're, not de we're declaring it over our lives. We're declaring it over our situations, our problems, that God is mighty and bigger and stronger than those things. When we sing, you can have it all, we're saying, God, you can have it all. It's just that simple, right? But it, the worship isn't just about the song, right? I could have, I, if I would have just sang a song to Julie at, at any point, but it was my heart in that moment. Julie knew what was coming and she knew why I was singing that song. Psalm, but it, so it's important for us in worship to have the right heart. Psalm 78, 35 through 37 says, then they remembered that God was their rock, that God most high was their redeemer. But all they gave him was lip service. They lied to him with their tongues. Their hearts were not loyal to him. They did not keep his covenant. Guys, it can't just be a, a song. It's not, that's not what worship is about. It's about a heart-to-heart -heart connection. It's about uh, a declaration. It's about a faith-filled cry. It's about singing from our hearts to God. So we have this idea of this chord, right? In Ecclesiastes, like we read, it says a person that stands alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken or PBJ is much more delicious than just a J, right? Whatever is resonating in your heart, but I want you to think about this chord idea, right? Of reading your Bible, prayer, and worship and what it means to not be easily broken. It's important to have all three of these things in your life because if this is your life, if you are a cord, there are going to be things in life that are going to cause tension 
in your life. There are things that are going to pull at you. And if you are not braided strongly, those things can break you. What are things that cause tension in our life? It could be stress at school. It could be fear of the future. It could be struggling with comparison or rejection on social media. It could be friend drama. It could be family issues. It could be temptations in your life. But when the temptation comes, you have to ask yourself, are you prepared? Are you strong or are you going to break? See, guys, if you have all three, you won't break. It says not easily broken. You will be able to withstand the tension that can come in your life. But... What if all you do is come here on a 4640 service and you just come and you worship? And maybe you do. You actually worship God in, on 4640 nights and you, and you really give it all. But after you leave 4640, you just sort of forget the whole thing. You don't really engage with God in prayer. You don't find the word. What happens in your life when these tension things come up? Well, we don't have the word of God and those promises that Pastor Sarah talked about. We don't have those things to fall back on. So now all of a sudden, we don't have that to help keep us strong. So when that tension comes, oh, that, we're weaker. Now, when, when we have, we don't, we're not praying. We don't have an ability to have a conversation with God. We don't talk with God. It says in, in Philippians 4 that if, if we don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything, tell God what you need, and then it says he'll give you peace. But now you don't have that conversation with God. So now you don't have that peace to help keep you strong when the tension comes. What if, what if you only read your Bible and you're just kind of reading your Bible because you feel like it's the checklist on the U version and all you do is you just sort of read the three things, but you're not applying it. It's just like that text, textbook. It's just that homework. Those three things you need to check off every day. What happens in life when, let's say the tension is temptation? Temptation to go to that party. Temptation to go further than you should with your girlfriend or boyfriend. Temptation to watch that thing on Netflix that you know. What, whatever that temptation could be, what happens if we're not this triple braided strong cord that God asks us to be? Well, we haven't experienced the joy of God if we're not engaging in worship. We haven't tasted and seen that God is good. And so if we haven't tasted and seen that God is better than anything else in the world, we're going to go out into the world and try and find something that is good. We're going we're gonna to fall for those temptations because we're hungry. We, we want that satisfaction and we're not getting it from God through worship. We, we haven't spent time praying and learning God's voice through prayer to understand when we're questioning whether or not we should do something we hear that still small voice in us that says, don't do this. This is not good for you. We, we don't have what's the fancy church word is conviction if we're not engaging in prayer. So as you can see, knowing the Bible might not always help in those situations. Just knowing the Bible or just worshiping in life when that tension comes, you need those, all three of those things to keep you strong. You see, having and doing all of those things is so important. And I'm not saying that you need to do like hours of everything all the time. Guys, three small things. A little bit of worship, praying to God and getting into the word and really actively digging at God's word. Three strands braided together are stronger than just one cord still. So find a small amount of time. Carve it out of your day. Get on version and read. Pray, talk to God. Don't, you don't have to pray a lot. But pray a little 
Maybe pray a little, a lot. There was this pastor that, that, uh, that said this. He said, I don't pray for hours at a time, but I try and go no more than an hour without praying a little. So we, we just constantly try and remember, let's, let's try and keep that conversation with God little tiny bits maybe, just between classes, anytime something pops up that's hard or good, include him in those conversations. Draw that cord and then begin to braid all those things and find time to worship. Put worship music on before you go to sleep. Put it on in the car on the way home. You've, you've got your phones. You've got access to any kind of worship music you want at any time. And if, you're having a t- if you have a tough time in a day or a week where you don't do any of those things, you only do one of those things, don't get down. Just start the next day and start braiding this so that you can be strong for when that tension comes. Let's pray. God, we love you so much and we thank you that you gave us your word, that we can know your promises. We, can, we, we don't even have to necessarily hear your voice to know what you say about us and how much you love us. We thank you that prayer is a two-way street, that yes, we bring things to you, but you, you speak back to us, God. And we thank you for worship, that we can dwell and soak in your presence. God, we, we ask that you would just help us do these things so that when the difficulties, the tension comes in our life, that we would not be quickly broken. We thank you. Be with us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.